Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews with your host, Aaron Martell. Hello there, I'm Aaron Martell, and welcome to Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews, a podcast where I talk about and review a rock album of my choice. Today I'm flying solo, no co-pilots. But if you're listening and you're interested in coming on the show to review an album with me, I'm always on the lookout for co-pilots to host a podcast with me. There are a few ways to get in touch with me, which I'll go over at the end of the show. So on this episode, we're continuing our celebration of Women's History Month 2019, as I'm going to discuss the Pretenders 1984 album Learning to Crawl. I'm sure the first time I heard the Pretenders was their hit Brass and Pocket on the radio, and I like Chrissy Hines' voice, but I remember specifically getting interested in them with this album and the song Back on the Chain Gang, which got heavy airplay and I really dug. Thought it was super catchy. I also liked the follow-up single Middle of the Road, so the Pretenders were long on my radar when I finally got this CD in the early 90s, the very first Pretenders album I bought. I got the first two albums not long after that, and I became a fan of this band. Now it's time to give you some basic facts about this record, and as a fact-finding tool, you can't go wrong with Wikipedia. Learning to Crawl is the third studio album by English-American rock band The Pretenders, released on January 7, 1984, on the Sire label. It was produced by Chris Thomas, and was recorded from mid-1982 to late-1983 at AIR Studios, London, England. It reached number 5 on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart and is certified platinum by the RIAA. And here's the band's lineup card. We have Chrissy Hind on lead vocals, rhythm guitar, and harmonica. Robbie McIntosh on lead guitar and backing vocals. Malcolm Foster on bass guitar and backing vocals. And Martin Chambers on drums, percussion, and backing vocals. There are additional musicians, which I'll mention as I see fit. Now I'm going to get into a track-by-track analysis of this album. We kick off with Middle of the Road, written by Chrissy Hind. The start and stop drums lead us into a straight-ahead rocker that has clean guitars in the verses and a simple but memorable riff in the choruses. I dig the vocal hook, and I've always dug Chrissy Hines' vocals, which are in a lower register but full of personality. I always think when I hear that there's a bit of wisdom in her voice, like she knows something I don't and she wants to let me in on the secret, a worldliness that she projected even in her younger days. There's not a lot of melody to the vocals in this song, as Chrissy sort of talk-sings her way through the track, but she does a lot of vocal mannerisms that I find appealing, like for the harmonica solo, and in the final verse where she sings in succession, Don't harass me, can't you tell I'm going home, I'm tired as hell, I'm not the cat I used to be, I got a kid, I'm 33, baby! I love that. Robbie McIntosh's guitar solo is a fine slice of bluesy rock, and Chrissy blows a nice blues harp solo to polish the song off. 
The lyrics reflect Chrissy's observations on the differences between wealth and poverty, as well as a commentary on approaching middle age. This is just plain old good rock and roll. This was the third single from the album that reached number 19 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. The next track is Back on the Chain Gang, written by Chrissy Hind. Back on the train This was the song that got me into the Pretenders. It's got that clean guitar played in a kind of Rolling Stones type of rhythm, doubled with acoustic guitar, and then Billy Bremner from Rockpile plays a cool guitar melody that makes a song for me. The bass is played by Tony Butler from Big Country, and it moves and weaves under the track, giving it a distinctive feel. This song was written while Chrissy was pregnant with her first child as a result of her up-and-down relationship with Ray Davis of the Kinks. Then just before the song was recorded, the Pretender's original guitarist, James Honeyman Scott, died of a drug overdose, and it became more of a tribute to him. Chrissy gave him a dedication. There are more vocal ohs, and the lyrics to me are about the effect the demands of the music industry can put on a relationship and become very destructive. She looks back on the past wistfully and with sadness. Studio assistant Jeremy Allum played the clanging hammer sounds by banging various metal pieces, and that, along with a cool-ass grunting in the chorus, was inspired by the Sam Cooke song Chain Gang. This was the first single and the band's biggest hit in the U.S., reaching number five on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. The following track is Time the Avenger, written by Chrissy Hind. Yet another rocker with a cool riff that's mirrored by the bass and has a definite new wave vibe, which some people categorize the pretenders as, though I'm unsure if I agree with that. There's more solid lead work from Robbie McIntosh, and Martin Chambers' drums are up front in the mix, and he throws in a little cowbell at a boy, Martin. Lyrically, it's about a businessman who has an affair with a stranger, and he ends up losing his family and everything he has is in his briefcase, you know, his aftershave and his underwear, important shit. He tries to drink away the pain and become numb. Chrissy's delivery comes across as a storyteller. She doesn't judge, she even says nobody's perfect. There's some more soloing as the track finishes up, and I really dig this song. It was apparently the fourth single, though I could not find a chart position for it. The next track is Watching the Close, written by Chrissy Hind. Serving the middle class, it's a clean routine. 
Chrissy's hanging at the laundromat, getting her clothes washed and watching them tumble around in the washing machine. She works as a waitress, a working-class woman forced to kiss middle-class ass and keep it clean. She resigns herself to her routine. The music has a fast tempo and a retro 50s rock kind of feel, as it was an older tune written well before the Pretender's debut album in 1980. The guitars have a noisy Chuck Berry sound, while the rhythm section swings this tune like it belongs in a Wurlitzer jukebox, complete with hand claps. This is obviously meant to be a filler deep cut, but I dig it, man. And yes, Chrissy, I'd like sour cream on my potato. The following track is Show Me, written by Chrissy Hind. Show me the meaning of the I remember hearing this on rock radio back in the day, and it comes on with jangling guitars, mid-tempo drums, and an interesting almost R&B-style bass line. Malcolm Foster makes his presence known here. But for me, the musical backdrop plays second fiddle to Chrissy's vocals, which carry this tune and have a dreamy, lilting quality to them. She doesn't have tremendous range, but she knows where her strengths are vocally, and she usually plays to them perfectly. The lyrics are about her newborn daughter and how her birth has shown Chrissy the true meaning of love, even in the face of this violent, cruel world. Robbie McIntosh plays a melodic solo as the track fades, and I've always liked it. Good stuff. This was a single that reached number 28 on the Billboard Hot 100. The next track is Thumbelina, written by Chrissy Hind. Look out the window, I count the sheep, I left off the hillsides in the fields of wheat. Across America, as we cross America, what's important here today? The broken line on the highway. All the love in the world for you, girl Thumbelina in a great big scary world Yeehaw! The pretenders hit the highway with a Johnny Cash type rhythm and take their stab at a countrified slice of the all-American road tune. In truth, musically, I like this a lot better than the generic pop blandness that passes for modern country music. The guitars have that twang to them, and the rhythm section is game to play in this style, though it does come across the way Hot Dog comes across for Led Zeppelin. Lyrically, it's sort of a companion piece to the previous track, with Chrissy heading out to Tucson with her daughter and reassuring the baby that she's loved and cared for and that everything's going to be all right. But fuck, I just sang Chrissy's praises for her vocals on that last track, and on this one, they don't work for me. She's always been a tough rock chick, and her attempt at an outlaw country song makes me think of the Blues Brothers doing Rawhide, only at least they were funny. I don't despise this track, but it is my least favorite. And around these parts, that's what we call Aaron Stanky Stinker. The following track is My City Was Gone, written by Chrissy Hind. I 
to Ohio But my city was gone There was no train station There was no downtown So Toad had disappeared All my favorite places Yeah, play that funky bass, Tony Butler. Guesting again. This song is all about groove. Those clean guitars playing those off-kilter rhythms. Very Keith Richards-like. And we actually get a little guitar interplay going on that's very much reminiscent of the Stones and warms the cockles of my heart. Billy Bremner also is back on lead guitar, and he throws down some tasty blues licks. Lyrically, Chrissy sarcastically laments the fact that her home state of Ohio has been given over to economic development, paving roads and putting up shopping malls in place of pretty countrysides and farmlands as it was in the days before the Rust Belt. She doesn't recognize the place, her childhood memories swirling past her. Way to go, Ohio. This tune is used as a theme song for political conservative talk radio host Rush Limbaugh, but I could really care less. I still fucking love this track. Dig that bass, man. The next track is Thin Line Between Love and Hate, written by Richard Poindexter, Robert Poindexter, and Jackie Members. on the door and a voice sweet and low says who is it she opens up the door this is a cover of a 1971 hit by the New York City R&B vocal group The Persuaders, whom I was unfamiliar with, but I gave the original a listen, and the pretenders stay pretty faithful to how The Persuaders did it. It's a slow-rolling R&B number with piano and backing vocals from British musician Paul Carrick, and if you don't know who he is, look him up. Dude's played with everybody. Andrew Bodnar is on bass and vocals, and Billy Bremner shows up one more time on rhythm guitar and vocals, so it's a totally different band on this track except for Chrissy and Martin Chambers on drums. Now, I'm not going to say that this is better than the original because I don't think it is, but Chrissy gives the vocal her best. She sounds engaged, and she does a good job. She changes the lyrics from first person to second person, and it tells the story of a man who treats his woman badly. He constantly stays out late and he hurts her, then she snaps and puts him in the hospital. That line between love and hate is very thin indeed. This was the final single that reached number 83 on the Billboard Hot 100. The penultimate track is I Hurt You, written by Chrissy Hind. This has a distorted, dark riff, and the groove is mid-tempo and somewhat sinister with the bass aping the guitars. 
Chrissy's voice has a weird phasing effect on it, and the vocal lines overlap each other so that they repeat themselves and give the listener a disorienting feeling. Lyrically, the narrator is involved with a man who's a substance abuser, and it poisons the relationship, so instead of taking a woe-is-me victim approach, Chrissy gets mad and declares, I hurt you because you hurt me. You can hear the hurt and anger in her voice. She almost spits out some of these vocals. There are a couple of decent guitar solos by Robbie on this. The first one is more ugly and distorted, while the second that ends the track is cleaner but no less emotional. This isn't a standout or anything, but for an album deep cut, I can dig it. And that brings us to the final track, 2,000 Miles, written by Chrissy Hind. He's gone. This is a gentle tune, played in three-quarter waltz time with arpeggiated guitars and an easy-going rhythm with jingly glockenspiel and woodblock percussion. Chrissy is missing someone as the snow falls and people are singing and it's Christmas time. Basically, it's the Pretender's Christmas Carol, and I've heard it played around the holidays. It was inspired by James Honeyman Scott, and when Chrissy sings I Miss You, you know she means it. This song is tender and bittersweet, and for those of you who feel a tinge of sadness during the holiday season, you might be able to connect to this. I've always liked it. Now that the track by track is done, I'll go into my final thoughts and album rating. For you new listeners, the rating is a 0 to 5 system, with 5 being a favorite album of mine, all the way down to a 0, which is rhinoceros poop. The Pretenders are nominally a band, but let's face it, it's really about Chrissy Hind, the only member to appear on every Pretenders record. And Chrissy has led quite an interesting life. She went to Kent State University after high school and was in a band that included Mark Mothersbaugh, who would later become a major part of Devo. She was at school when the Kent State shootings happened on May 4, 1970, where four unarmed college students protesting against the United States bombing of Cambodia were shot and killed by the Ohio National Guard. She moved to London and worked for a bit at the New Musical Express, then got a job at Malcolm McLaren and Vivian Westwood's clothing store, Sex. She tried, and almost succeeded, to get Johnny Rotten and then Sid Vicious of the Sex Pistols to marry her so she could get a work permit. She later tried to start a band with Mick Jones of The Clash and was kicked out of another group as it was becoming known as The Damned. She finally formed The Pretenders in 1978, recorded their first demo tape, and played their first gig in Paris. The band put out two excellent albums, and then bassist Pete Farndon was asked to leave due to his substance abuse issues. Two days later, guitarist James Honeyman Scott died of a cocaine overdose, and incredibly, under a year later, Pete Farndon was dead from drowning in his bathtub after a heroin overdose. Chrissy met and had a relationship with Ray Davis of the Kinks, which resulted in her first child. All of these events had to be weighing on Chrissy when she put together a new lineup of the Pretenders to record their third album, and you can hear that in the music. The Pretenders were one of the great post-punk bands that rose in the early 80s, and all of that punk influence that Chrissy soaked up in London comes through in her songwriting. She's not a punk rocker in the strictest terms, 
but she plays with a loose abandon and doesn't care about her sense of rhythmic timing that can be confusing to some of those who play with her. And her contralto vocals, along with the pure attitude she exudes, tells you that she's nobody's little princess. She can stand and rock with the big boys. And yet somehow she retains a cool feminine identity. She's sexy without being overtly sexual. She's earned her respect and is still out there doing it, a beacon to any young girl who wants to pick up a guitar and slam some chords. This album really boosted the Pretender's profile and contained some of their best-known songs. I give Learning to Crawl a four, and since we're celebrating women artists for the rest of the month, I can't think of anyone more deserving than Chrissy Hind and her kick-ass band, The Pretenders. We've got a review for our recent Frank Zappa episode that comes to us from Mr. Rich Laguerre. He writes, Loved this episode. I hadn't listened to Frank Zappa in a long time. Me and a buddy used to listen to his brother's albums after school. Joe's Garage and Apostrophe were the ones we listened to most. We listened because we liked the funny lyrics, but we never really listened for the music. Picked up this one after your review and haven't really stopped listening since. I have such a new respect for the guy. What a musician he was. Thanks for another awesome recommendation. Great show. Thanks, boss. And to all the listeners out there, we love getting reviews, especially in iTunes, as it helps us out by giving us a higher profile to pick up new listeners. But really, thanks so much to all of you. And that's going to do it for this episode. You can find this podcast at places like iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Google Play, and Spotify. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review of it. If you take the time to do that, I'll read your review right here on the show. If you'd like to contact me directly, I can be reached at RidiculousRockRecords at gmail.com and also on the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews Facebook page, where there's a link to hear each podcast. You can also recommend the show on Facebook if you prefer to do it that way. And yes, I'll read your Facebook recommendation on the podcast. You want to come on the podcast and talk about an album with me? Shoot me an email and we'll set it up. I'm always looking for co-pilots to host the show with me. And I would also welcome any requests or suggestions for albums to cover. Feel free to leave all of your feedback, comments, reviews, and or suggestions at any of those places I just described. I'd love to hear from you. And lastly... Here at R4, we thank you so much for giving this podcast a listen, and a massive thank you if you like and support the show. Take care, and I'll catch you later. Cut them out! Ride them in! Cut them out! Ride them in!